All right, you guys are in for a treat today. Something different than you're used to here on the show because I am bringing a plethora of speakers that have a couple of things in common. Of course, their faith in Jesus is the ultimate and that creates the synchronicity that has brought them now to this second thing that they have in common, which is sharing a stage. And you're likely a speaker in and of your own right and you have something inside of you that you wanna vocalize. And so all of these speakers are coming with an intention to equip, to serve, and to show up boldly so that you too can do the exact same thing in a place that is often, you know, different and a place that is often being shook when it comes to business and it comes to sharing our faith in business. It's ultimately a movement of mission-driven leaders founded in Christ, and the conference is called the FounderCon. If you have yet to hear about this, maybe you've been hiding under a rock because it's been essentially three years in the making. It was originally called Grow Your Business for God's Sake, and we are still doing the exact same thing now under the nonprofit, The Founder Collective. So if you have a business or you raise your hand to having a ministry, either or, they're kind of the same, that's the ultimate business tree, we are calling all of these marketplace ministers, you included, community builders, content creators, pastors, managers, executives, movement makers, authors, speakers, entrepreneurs, to the table. And we are going to be sharing an incredibly intimate experience while also a virtual conference. So I say intimacy because intimacy comes in community and it comes in connection and depth and vulnerability, but it's going to be a party. Okay, y'all. I love a party. I love surprises. I love excitement. And so today, the plethora of people that you're going to hear from, they're going to tap into what exactly they're going to be sharing on stage. And I'm going to be kind of like a narrator, you know, Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson always plays the role of God uh, over top of movies. I do not sound like Samuel L. Jackson. I totally understand, but I'm going to narrate the process so you get to know a bit more about them and then you get to hear from them firsthand. So do not stop now. Just getting started by introducing you to some of this year's FounderCon speakers. They're going to bless you. They're going to equip you. They're coming from a lot of different lenses in order to teach you, but ultimately it's not about them just sharing their testimony. This is a movement conference. This is an action-taking conference. You are going to leave with, yes, step one, yes, step two, and you're going to know how it's going to truly transform the lives of the people that you're connected to based on how you integrate it into your component of business, whatever that is, ministry, businessry, right? All right, we're all on the same page now, so let's get started. Oh, and before you wait any longer, seriously, pause right now. Go to www.thefoundercon.com. Don't forget the, thefoundercon.com and get your ticket because it's going to go fast. We only have a reserved number of seats in the room. There'll be 200 in the room, 2000 online. Let's go. We've got MCs both for the virtual arena. And so you can get a virtual ticket too. If you can't join us in Raleigh, North Carolina, November 10th and 11th, 2023, we cannot wait for you to be there. Stay tuned for all the details and get to know the speakers right now. Listen up, for such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I am ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. 
This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, Marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. Okay, you guys are about to be entered into the world of the MCs, aka the hosts alongside me at this conference that I am so grateful to share the stage with. I have found in times past when I've tried to be the MC and a keynote or the MC and the host or any other role and MC, it is wildly difficult. Um, I love it. It's so much fun because I'm so connected to each of the people. I want to take the extra moment to introduce them and share about our backstories and all of that. But at the end of the day, for the person who is in the audience, they want the good stuff. They want the rich stuff. They don't necessarily care how we met. <laughs> and they also want to get into the the tactical concepts. And so I've brought together a team of MCs that are going to serve you all in the most amazing way, both in person and for the virtual attendees. So whether or not you are getting a pass to be there in Raleigh, North Carolina soon uh, in November 10th and 11th, 2023, or you decide to do it virtually, you are going to be served at the utmost uh, capacity and with the utmost love and attention. First, I'm going to talk about the in-person MCs. Okay. The first is Dr. Jeannie Snyder. She is an incredibly classy woman. I love every essence of who she is from fashion to energy to intentionality. She's a speaker, obviously. She is also an MC and executive producer. She's brilliant at the organization, at the systems, at the operations, at the full event lens. And she does it through a lot of different ways. She has even hosted her own TEDx stage and she's an executive coach to leaders of leaders. And so you're going to be blessed by her, again, eloquence and the way that she teaches and the way that she shares and the camaraderie between her and the co-MC, who I'll talk about next. Dr. Jeannie Snyder is also a podcaster. So if you want to learn about her, you can go to listen to that now. I'm so grateful to be a part of that, the Hey Genius show. So tune in, hear Jeannie's genius right now. And I can't wait for you guys to get to know her more throughout the weekend at FounderCon. Let's talk about the time or season where maybe you wouldn't have tagged yourself as such and how that has evolved confidently through the years. That's interesting. Well, the name Jeannie, I was born with. So that helps. <laughs> that's seared. And, that's seared. <laughs> it's interesting because I talked about magic and things coming together and seeing the genius in others long before I actually branded that way. Mm. So our, our corporate entity is Snyder Remarks. Because I'm Snyder and it, you know, I remark. <laughs> but the Genius brand evolved first from my team. I named the team Genius Team. I felt okay with that. But what, in fact, what you, Tamara, and your team helped me do a lot was brand what I'm doing now as an individual, though we know nothing's as an individual, right? We've got all our teams around us, but doing the Genius brand yeah. and really creating that and also learning to embrace that and stand in it. I'm very good at talking about the genius of others 
it is more difficult for me to to talk about my speaking, my emceeing, that sort of thing. I tend to to do that. So we have the genius team, and then I'm the genius connector, and I do that through speaking, emceeing, coaching, and consulting. So there's sort of a a combination of errors, and usually it's a layered approach, right? It's, Which it, I think so is necessary it, nowadays. I don't think anybody's anticipating like one thing. They really want the one size fits all, but they want to have it done and presented because we're we're moving into. I like to say this, and Morgan, who you obviously know, who did a lot of her fun design work that you guys see. She always talks about. She says, "Tammy, you use this word all the time." I'm like, "It's like a thing. I have to do this, and it's experiential." Like, mm-hmm. I just love something to be fully immersive. And anytime that I ever get to interact with you, it could be at a 5 a.m. Bible study, which we've done, <laughs> or it could be as audience members inside of an event, or it could be on stage at an event. It doesn't matter where I interact with you. There is an experience alongside it. And I think that's what the people who continually come back to you, because you have clients that have been with you for over and over and over again, and you know the power of evolution. As you evolve, they'll evolve with you if you stay in integrity. And that experience, I think, is connected to your integrity. It, well, thank you. And I, I think it is, it's that connection. It is a, it's a combination of things. And it's not, when you said, um, you said something that reminded me when the, just now, when you yeah. just said it, it reminded me of wearing your brand. Yeah. So, I mean, just caps and shirts. But when you said that, you said it, you said something. You didn't say where, but you said something just a minute ago. We'll have to roll back the tape. Yeah, we will. And, uh, but it, I felt like there was, there was a garment. And when you're really comfortable in that garment, so I've gotten more comfortable in my genius cape or whatever yes. it is. But when you also said it's not just something that you wear, it is a piece of fabric that is stretchy. Yeah. And so <laughs> I think when you said that, I felt like it was something that would be able to grow Good. not only with, with me, but with whoever I get to serve and work with. Yeah. So, so for those who are listening to the podcast, you don't get to see how incredibly stylish Jeannie is, but go and look up the pictures because she <laughs> literally wears her brand everywhere she goes, which I guess kind of I do too, especially with today's color blocking choices. Um, but it's it's not something she adopted from me. It's just a part of who she is. And we just get to rock that together. But I think it's another part of the connection of dots that you often help people understand and I also love your transparency and sharing that you weren't always comfortable with embracing that because shockingly, this might appear unknowing to most. I felt that same way. And um, specifically after coming to know God and understand my calling and truly walk in my purpose, I really always wanted to like cover myself. I always wanted to be like behind um, even to the point of for a long period of time having a hard time looking people in the eye, which is so weird. But I was going through like this interpersonal, internal uh, transformation. And it wasn't until I started this podcast and launched into like a community group with other women that they started calling out those geniuses. So for you, um, what was it that really allowed you to step fully into the bravery and the boldness of owning it, what this next season of your life is going to look like? I think where I had, I'll talk where I had the struggle first yeah, was, was really good. I, like I said a minute ago, I'm really good at talking about the team and supporting others. In fact, someone just told me last week, 
Jeannie, it's time for you. You've been there. You've supported others. You've put others on stage. And of course, I'm on stage a lot. Yes. But she said it's time for you. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is an important piece of, because it's my name. Once we got to that, um, when we created the Genius Team and rebranded from Snyder Remarks to Genius Team, which I've had that brand for a very long time, it made it easier for me to now talk about Genius and Genius Team. And it made it a fun, funny. I like humor and that helps me. Everything we do is very creative. I like the, to hear the humor in others. And I like to connect to that. So when we got to the Genius thing, everybody goes, oh, and it's fun. And so it draws me in almost to be able to speak about it more easily because people ask about it. That's Obviously, that's good, right? But that is, um, it took me a minute. It was a mental and um, heart thing for me to be able to open to promote myself. Yeah. I think it's a, a something that people don't talk enough about. I think we end up speaking to the idea of like confidence or bravery or like do it messy or courage when it, especially when it comes to camera experiences, right? Where people, I can't get on social media. I don't want to see my face. I like cover up behind that. But I think it's, it's a lot more about the internal work than it is about the external work. The external just kind of happens when you have that unlock of like, wow, I actually am good at this. This is actually a part of my anointing. And so to have other people affirm us is obviously one way to take notice of that. But also the thing that you've always done, you've always been creative and you've always been good at calling the genius out in others. And so it, it's parallel to who you are now and this, this season of you really taking the limelight. I'm excited about it. Well, thank you. I think one of the things you helped me see was you can blend all of you, all of me in this case, all in, into, into one piece. Um, ministry and business and creativity and love of people and connecting all those, those dots. That is where I had to think about. It's okay to talk about all that in one run on sentence. Yes. It's a combine all of that. And I think that probably was a, for those of you entrepreneurs out there, that may have been, be a stop for you of, Oh, this is me over here. And this is me over here. And what, finally came together with this new branding was, this is me. This, yep. you know, this is this weird combination. And I said at our wedding, it was the first time I looked around and I said, oh, all my weird groups of people are in one room. <laughs> Love it's that. almost like all my weird um, things about me. Yeah. Are in one, and I can call it work and I can call it fun and I can have people around me. Yeah. So that makes me think of a word that's like kind of parallel differently than genius, but like quirky right? Like when people have all these different quirks about them and they think like, oh, I can show my humor. You mentioned humor. You can, I can show my humor here, but that would be very unprofessional if I did that when I'm wearing my suit jacket in the boardroom. And I totally disagree with that. I think it's what makes you connecting. It makes you relatable. It makes you, um, actually allows other people to, to tear down their own walls or preconceived notions about what does this atmosphere, how is it supposed to be? All right, my brother from another mother. He is referred to, gosh, so many nicknames. He generated and is like the father of the gaggle of fraggles. Inside joke, but you're going to hear about it, I'm sure, on stage. He's the bearded wonder. He is a pioneer in all of the essence. He's a purpose preacher, and he is married to one of my besties, who is the my tatted bestie, we call her, and she's a worship leader who you'll also get to 
experience at the conference. She is also a creative designer. And so he's definitely the, the color. She's the canvas creator, just like we are. It's why we are two peas in a pod. Our, our spouses sometimes can't stand it, but we love each other so much. And so he's also a best-selling author. And I think his zone of genius is really emerging. I mean, he is pastored a church for the last several years and was a executive pastor uh, for many, many years prior to that. He was a, in the military and a, he's a veteran and it'll be Veterans Day weekend. So we 100% have to um, make ode and make way to honor our veterans who are there. And his specialty, I think, is emerging in entrepreneurship and really teaching biblical leadership to entrepreneurs and keeping us in our footed purpose. And so I know that the synergy between him and Dr. Jeannie are going to be not only hysterical, but also profound. And so I'm just really excited for you guys to be able to experience Anthony Hart, my friend. And so get ready to experience all that is Anthony Hart. If you guys have not come to the Founder Collective or to FounderCon in the past, he is an OG. He is a part of the original vision of what Founder was birthed out of, which is the session. I'm sure you'll hear that story as well. Um, but yeah, I, I am so grateful to have him on my side and at my side and pioneering me put through things in certain capacities as well. You guys are going to love him. Enjoy. I think we live in a time and day. I'm just jumping straight in today. Is that okay? I'm glad you're here with me because I want to, I think this is important. One of the largest areas I continue to see in our society, especially post COVID, I don't think post COVID was the reason, but I think it exposed it. And I think the world around us really thrives on establishing this place, like getting us to this place. And as a pastor, I know there's this enemy out there who thrives in this space. And that space is isolation, getting us to where we're all alone, getting alone with our thoughts. You know, suicide really stems from that place. It gets you to a place of isolation where you remove yourself from the people who could help you. Um, and maybe many times uh, people just didn't have a group of people who could help them anyway. So it was easy to isolate themselves because what they're actually doing is isolating themselves from the the hurtful people or the broken people that push them to this place. And that's a, that's a hard conversation because if you don't have people in your life who speak life into you, they constantly drain you, constantly bring you down to their place where they're stuck. You can get really um, bogged down. So then even in a moment where you're doing something good for you by removing yourself from them, you still have a place of isolation. And the last thing, the last factory segment, the things you've been stuck in, those thoughts and negative processes that you got from this group of people or that person, now you're just set to stew with it by yourself. And it really can get you this place of being down. Um, our story and, and our family, my wife really struggled in this place of isolation as she was doing uh, some new things in her life, really some things that really challenged her uh, as a children's minister, uh, back into the workforce, all these things, and, and felt like she wasn't doing it to the level that other people were doing it. So constantly comparing herself. So it began to isolate her from those who could help her in that situation, isolated her from me because she felt like she wasn't being the mother and the wife that she was supposed to be or had been in the past or all the things. So we get pushed away in the space of isolation. So Isolation continues to be a problem. I'm thankful today that she didn't take her life. If you've heard our story, we, we did a podcast episode on this before, but she got to the very end, almost did it. And um, 
really in a moment of prayer, a moment of connection to God, said, God, if you're there, I need to know and drop that razor that night. And I'm, I'm thankful today that I still have my wife with me. A lot of people don't get that, um, that honor, that, that blessing to have that person because in that moment of isolation, they were all alone and, and felt that way and didn't even know who to call or call out to. And we're even seeing this in our youth today is you get in these circles of negativity. My daughter is struggling with this right now. And as she's moved into high school and there is just a group of people that um, have connected with her that are just negative. They're constantly talking about how the world's against them, the negativity of this and that, and even bringing up suicidal thoughts and these having these statements. And this is blowing me away as a teenager that these are just the pools that we swim in, like this negativity. And it's it can even push you to that place of even amongst a group of people to feel isolated. So the word I want to I want to share with you today that's really been kind of my pursuit, and I didn't understand this just some years years ago, my wife and I were actively involved in ministry in a church, but I would say that I did not have this, and I'm going to give you the word in a minute, just hold up, hold up, but in a season where we we came out of that church and started something really fresh, it it was fresh for me, I wouldn't say it's new all over, because people do this all the time, we just don't highlight it enough when it comes to church, because Church for us has become the building with steeples and um, a lot of parking spots and pews for us to come sit and worship together. The place where we come and have it all together for an hour, hour and a half, and then we go and go right back to our mess, right? In a place that we're supposed to be connected, many of us, even in that place, find ourselves isolated. But in a season for Morgan and I, we stepped out and started this, uh, this house church. And really what it was, it was a community of people coming together and it didn't start that way. We tried to do church the way we'd always seen it done. And through just this very wavy path to get to where we should have been in the first place, we begin to shed some of those things and just begin to share space, share dinner, share thoughts, share conversations. And what I found was this, and this is the word I'm going to share with you today, because I believe everybody needs this. Um, If the enemy is isolation. If isolation is the place where we can struggle, then having a village of people. And this is a concept that I think we've lost through the years in the interstate system and the society that we live in. Um, I came from a small town in Arkansas. So even in the 1980s and, and early 90s, when I grew up in this community, there was a little feel of this deal. There was still what I would say, for the most part, was a village mindset. Now, my dad was a small town pastor, still is a small town pastor. And in that village mindset, it was the availability. I've seen him minister a lot of funerals through the years. And it always wasn't people who came to his church. It was people who lived in the community. But him being a community voice and a village voice and a connection there, there was always a a connection to say, hey, can you come minister in this funeral? Can you minister to the family? And it wasn't only connected to the people in their church, but it was connected to the people in the village. Now, as that town has grown three to five thousand people now, depending on uh, which way the wind blows in one year to the next but we've seen that kind of shift and change. We've seen the interstates that can, that have um, grown around that town. Used to, everybody had to drive through there to get gas and groceries and to go to the next town. But now interstates have 
diverted people away. Gas stations on the perimeter have diverted people away. So these interstate concepts, the building that let people travel farther, to let people travel faster, have broken the ability for villages to thrive and lean on one another. And this is the problem with society, period. The fact that we are a uh, microwave society. We have to do everything faster. We want everything quicker. We, we don't care how we get it anymore. Look at the ingredients in your food and you'll understand that. Gone are the days where in a village, someone would bake bread and it would be given out. Why? Because you can go to the grocery store and just get a loaf of bread now. But if you really dive into it, what's in these loaves of bread? The things, the companies that are making these, although they'd say they'd love to make you think that they're all for your good. We are putting chemicals in our foods that make them last longer. We are putting chemicals in your food um, to help it get bigger. Because why? Because that makes money, right? We want more money, so we want it to last longer, which is not good. We want it to be bigger, which steroids and all that affects us. Like there's effects on all of this. Now, this is not a food-centered conversation, but I just wanted you to see the concept that it's bigger than we can even think. This, this faster, this bigger, this all these things has led to this broken concept that's distracted us and pulled us away because we're only out for ourselves. And in these village concepts, as we've made everything faster and we've uh, diverted people to get to here to here, we don't spend time together anymore. We don't lean on one another. We don't celebrate the gifts of others because we just struggle to be good at everything or pay for what we need. All right. So I got to meet Dane right before last year's FounderCon. I had him on my podcast, the Fit and Faith podcast, not the Founder Collective. Uh, we've got both now. He's probably going to be showcasing himself in both places more as well. But anyway, we, we met and I knew immediately he had to be in the room. His heart is so connected to the heartbeat of the father and the heartbeat of what the Founder Collective is premised off of. And that's on having a strong relationship with God and to be able to do what we are called to do, to live up to what his is, to discover and to live up to the God-given potential that we all have. His ministry, Lit With Prayer, parallels it amazingly. He also has um, a group of faithful creators that meet on a consistent basis to be able to get that mission, to be able to get their message out to the world in a unique way. So not only is he going to be serving as the MC, he'll also be on a mental health panel uh, connected to digital media and social media and what that means. And so I know he's going to serve you. And I also know his excitability and his lens on entrepreneurship and growth and e-commerce and having products in the industry. And how do you get those out? I mean, y'all, he was teaching me about TikTok shop the last time we were together. He's, his depth and breadth of knowledge is amazing and expansive. It's going to serve you and you're going to love him immediately, just like I did. All right, y'all tune in to Dane Camilla. You know, when I was 18 years old, I never had a like a dream or an inkling in my bone to like create content. I was a very shy and worried kid growing up. That was just like who I was. I was kind of introverted and stuff. And, you know, people look at me today and they're like, you're so outgoing and this and this and this. But I think God has different gifts inside of us that can be revealed as we step into mm -hmm. different chapters in our life. And when I was 18 years old, I was taking a public speaking class in community college out here in Arizona. And it was the first time that I got to actually talk about something that I was interested in. And it happened to be fitness at that time. That was kind of my first passion. Oh. And through the process of sharing 
just like my fitness journey and seeing people react in the audience and, and being able to talk about something that I was passionate about, it kind of opened something up inside of me to say, hey, like, I enjoy doing this. What if I like started a YouTube channel just to document and share my experiences. And that led to many different things from having a YouTube channel, talking about the books I was reading, never around my faith, but as a place to more so encourage people and help me grow in my journey of what do I want to do with my life? What am I learning? And maybe that can help, you know, someone else. So I had a couple different YouTube channels. I had started a fitness YouTube channel with my older brother that we did for a couple of years. Cool. And it was just going through that process of like developing your voice, yeah. you know, talking about things you were interested in. Little did I know that God had a bigger plan for me, but sometimes, totally. you know, when he puts something on our heart and I think that thing he put on my heart looking back was in everything I do, like I want to be an encourager. I want to encourage people. That's, yeah. I, I think that's a gift that God put on my heart, but he also had a plan to use it for something better. But I think in any calling that he puts on us, like he wants, he wants to take us through a training season. And I went through a long training season of multiple YouTube channels. I started a podcast when I was 24, I believe. And it was just to interview young professionals who had found oh. a career that they were passionate about. So cool. Um, I've been doing this for a long time. I never had followers or I never like, <laughs> really had videos that did well, but for me, it wasn't about that. It was yeah. just, Hey, I'm enjoying this process. I'm growing and developing. And if this can help one person, then it's worth it. And then during the pandemic is when God kind of moved me in a different direction to say, Hey, why don't you start sharing your faith? I jumped onto TikTok. I was like, well, what am I going to talk about? I'm not a pastor. I don't feel qualified to do this. Yeah. But had been such a big part of my life. I had already been making videos. So that's when I decided to say, hey, I'll just like pray for, you know, someone once a day. And then it's kind of grown and evolved into many different things. But it's been uh, definitely a long, interesting journey. But <laughs> I've grown in the process. And I think that's so important for people to understand. It's not just what you get out of this life, you know, before you go to heaven, if that's what you believe, it's who you become. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've always been fascinated with is I can become more in, in my relationship yeah. with God in my relationships with other and my personal and spiritual development. So, yeah. yeah. Gosh, you said so much right there. And I'm like grinning. If you guys are, are listening to the show, you can't see I'm like cheesing ear to ear for so many different reasons. One, fitness was kind of my first passion as well. Okay. And where I started in the entrepreneurial endeavors was, was personal training and nutrition coaching. Mm -hmm. And I was a trainer both in gyms and also in people's homes. I trained people at uh, the oceanfront. I live in Virginia Beach. And so we had something called Beauty in the Beach. And so mm. I would ride my bike from where I lived at the ocean in front about three miles with all of the gear in my trailer and get out on the beach and train these women at sunrise. And then I would go home and then I would come back at sunset. And my mom was my co-trainer. So family, family business, um, really around encouragement, really around uh, our bodies. And I always found myself connected to women who were 20 years older than I was. And so relatability wise, while I thought, you know, and I definitely was not in my faith the way that I am now, I was supporting them. I found now because I get to support through the lens of faith, through how I show up with in my spirituality, that the fitness side of who I am, which is a component of fit in faith, um, it, it is the the secondary or the tertiary or like the last thing that people are really attuned to and need mm -hmm. Because mind, body, soul, that connectivity is powerful. So that's yeah. really cool that you you had that background. And God's taught me so much about fitness and the importance of utilizing our body as a vessel um, since coming into what is now fit and faith connected to entrepreneurship. When you were doing that, were you actually like 
forming a, a business at that time? Were you actually making money in the content creation space or were you doing something else full time? Yeah. So I was doing the content creation while I was getting my degree in exercise and wellness and health promotion. Cool. I was a sports performance trainer at a, a gym here locally in Arizona. And then I trained people uh, on my own. So I was like, I'm going to be in fitness for the rest of my life. I love this. Like I've changed my body. I've changed the body of people in my life. And yeah. like, this is amazing building my relationship with God at the same time. But I think every season that you go through equips you for what's next. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was kind of the, the content was just something that engaged my interest in just this feeling that God wanted me to, you know, put some stuff out there, even though it yeah. had nothing to do with faith. It was just, hey, this is my journey. This is what I'm going through. I, I was going to start. I did start a YouTube channel around fitness with my brother to keep like to build into that. But then, you know, things happen and yeah. you go through different changes in your life. But, yeah, it, totally. was, it was an amazing like six, seven years of my life. It's so neat. And and I think it, it really does. It's that foundation. It's that sharpening season. It's the like coming to know him more as mm -hmm. you are sharpening your skills. And I love what you said out the gate about that, that God will reveal more spiritual gifts and it'll be illuminated to us of our abilities based on honestly, like I think I imagine him, you know, his wing, right? The, the more we come into him, the more our confidence grows. The only mm -hmm. reason David was able to slay Goliath is because he was in the strength of the Lord and he knew that. And so I find that every time I step into something new where I could potentially in my flesh have fear that I can stand in boldness and confidence because of my faith in knowing that he's going to, he told me to do it. And therefore he's already there before I show up to an event, before I get on stage, before I turn on the camera, before anything, he's proceeding because I'm following in his you know presence. And I think People, even with the idea of like, well, where'd you get the idea to even just start praying? It's a prompting. And that's mm -hmm. the Lord speaking to us. So really, really rad. I want to ask about, because we talked about the fitness from the body perspective, but I know mental health is also something that's really important to you um, and, and been an element in the nonprofit space that you guys are going to step into. Talk to me a bit about how the mind fitness has now been something that has been laid on your heart. Yeah. So even in the last like two years of creating content and praying for people and just having more so of a message of like wanting to encourage people, especially when we were going through such a hard time during the pandemic, I had so many people reaching out who were going through different issues when it came to their mental health. And yeah. I think mental health is a difficult thing for, let's say, the church to you know, tackle because they're the, the pastors meant to preach and that's what they're called to do. And I, I think we need you know, more uh, systems and support when it comes to mental health. And I think working on your mind, working on how you think, working on your prayer life, all of those things encompass mental health. So I saw so many people, you know, reaching out who are going through these issues. And I I'm not a therapist or a counselor. And, you know, with the opportunities that God has given me, it made me want to say, well, hey, how could I go get these people help? And maybe a nonprofit would be the way to do that. Another reason I wanted to start this nonprofit in the first place was when I was 22 years old, and I've been sharing this more just like with my community and stuff. When I was 22 years old, you know, I was going to school, had the little training business, was working for an amazing company and everything like that. And then I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder one. So I, you know, was told that, hey, this like I had a manic episode. I know what that is. If you don't know what it is, you can look it up. I was hospitalized, put on medication and said this was going to be my life for the rest of my life. So it was the most difficult time in my life. I had to drop out of college, you know, lost kind of what I was doing with fitness. And I really needed to lean on God during that time. And I think if I didn't have a relationship with God, it would have been much harder because 
your identity lies in what the word of God says over your life, not the circumstances or the things you go through. And, you know, through having great counseling and, and even my pastor praying for me and his wife praying for me, I was healed. I was able to get off all the medication within a very short period of time, maybe like a month or two, and nothing has ever happened to me ever since. And, you know, you look at an experience like that. And I think a lot of us go through experiences where it's just like, why is this happening to me? What's the purpose behind this? This is, there's only pain, like this broke me, you know, but now looking back and being able to get through it and overcome it, it helped me grow so much in my faith. And now I think is a big reason why I do what I do today. And I think the nonprofit side of getting into the mental health space to provide people, which is what we're going to do counseling, you know, from a virtual aspect to, to give them that, that help that they might not be able to afford and that they need during that time, but do it from a faith-based perspective, because Mm -hmm. I know like what I believed was a big part of my healing process through that journey. Okay, so I mentioned the virtual and the in-person stage. You just heard from the in-person MCs. Now you're gonna hear from the virtual MCs. Josiah Alipate is one of my, another brother. I have so many brothers and sisters. Every, basically, this is just a big family reunion in case you haven't picked up on it through any of the podcasts as I've introduced to you, all of these people. Um, but that's the point, right? You wanna come to a place that's inclusive. You wanna come to a place where there's an open seat at the table. And Josiah makes that all the time. So he is also a speaker and a coach and he's considered a digital evangelist. He's gonna be teaching you on a panel as well, so you'll get to hear more about his understanding of using social media as the avenue to spread the gospel and to get it out to the world. He's got millions and millions of likes across platforms and followers and all that stuff, and he uses um, both controversial and non-conventional ministry settings to empower men and women to grow in their faith and understanding of God's word, all while growing their skill sets and mindsets to become agents of transformation. So it's this knowing that it's not just the one lens. And that's the whole point of FounderCon is we're bringing together faith-driven, kingdom-minded entrepreneurs. And that's really how we develop marketplace ministry. And so he's going to do that. And he's also going to be live in an action alongside his brother, our brother, Dane, as the virtual MCs. And you're going to get to learn a lot and hear a lot more from him since he'll be in that capacity. So anybody attending virtual, you are not being left out. We have you. We are praying over you. It's, it's really the heartbeat of the conference this year. um, is to bring everyone together no matter where they are in the world. So we're excited for you guys. And no, regardless, if you're going to be there virtual or in person, you're going to be served at the utmost capacity by Josiah. Let's go. You know, one thing that my dad shared with me, so my dad, and I'll share a little bit more about this, but my dad passed away in 2017 from cancer. But before he did on Good Friday, he said, share your job as a family is to share the story. And so I took that to heart. And so I started to think about how can I share the story, the good news, uh, but take ordinary stories that most people would probably overlook and probably look at from their day to day because the, the world is so oversaturated with tons of news clips and all of these different things. But how can I turn these ordinary stories, make them extraordinary, and turn people towards Christ? So that's uh, so how all of good. that came about. Is that when you like literally jumped into building a platform and sharing from that way? No. So kind of crazy. That whole, so that was shared with me in 2017 and it took some time. Uh, In 2019 was really when I started to kind of dive into social media. I was serving in the youth ministry and we were doing like a Bible study with with my boys at the time. They were freshmen at the time. And and, uh, while we were doing this Bible study, I saw a lot of my boys, they were literally on their phones. And I'm like, I know you guys aren't in the Bible app. Like, what are y'all doing? (laughs) 
<laughs> and so I was like, what are y'all doing? And they were like, I'm, 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 we're on TikTok, right? We're watching a video on TikTok. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. What is it? And so I downloaded it just so I could see what they were viewing. And I saw that there was a bunch of stuff that probably isn't the best for, yeah. for teenage boys to view. And so uh, I also recognized that the algorithm would expose you to more things that you view. And I, I thought to myself, what if I started making uh, like Bible verses? I'll friend request all my, all my boys. <laughs> And I'll start like reading Bible verses. Um, it's just so, and so I use it as an opportunity to connect with them in 2019. Uh, 2020 hit, and I found myself stuck at home <laughs> uh, on lockdown. And uh, I continued to make videos. At that time, I had no idea that there was such a thing as Christian content creation in that space. And so I started to make a few videos. Those videos started taking off. Uh, I found out that I was better at TikTok than the young men that I was discipling. <laughs> um, and what seemed like uh, overnight, uh, it just blew up. Um, I started doing online Bible studies and we had about uh, a thousand people would show up on a weekly basis during 2020. Uh, and that's when it really hit me. Wow. Social media can make such an incredible impact in the lives of many. Uh, and while many people shun social media because of the darkness that's on there, well, hey, I'm called to be a light in dark places. Yeah. And so that's when I jumped in uh, headfirst. It's so wild and such an honor to your dad. And I know that he is so proud of you and your father, Abba, in heaven as well, right? And it's just, it's so cool because we often think that the things that are distracting the, especially the youth or generations below us. I, and I remember as a millennial, people saying that like, oh, they're so entitled. Well, our entitlement has actually entitled us to be fearless for Christ. It's actually mm -hmm. entitled us to have more power and authority and operate under the anointing that we were gifted that our parents never had access to because they didn't walk in that same power. And so I think that when things like that happen to the smaller, the younger generations, and sometimes it's the older, but I'm really thinking of like Gen Z, um, understanding that those are actually vessels in which the Lord wants to operate and can operate and initiated. And so if we are, if it's being allowed, God is a part of it somehow, some way because nothing is out of his hands. It all goes through his fingers. And so I love that you took ownership in that. And I'm seeing more and more Christian creators come to life in this understanding rather than saying, oh, that's of the devil. It's like, no, actually it's a tool. And that could be the same thing around money. And you talk so beautifully around this like poverty mentality and what it looks like to invade the marketplace and to be a Christian entrepreneur. And so I think that there's no different than people saying that and taking that verse of like, it's the love of money, right? And it's not the, it's not the money itself. It's the love of money. It's not social media itself. It's the love of social media or the fans or the followers and getting so wrapped into that headspace. So how do you keep the two separate? Um, and how do you help others understand and unlock that they too can keep it separate and that there's only one focal point? Yeah. You know, uh, I, I think a big piece of all of it is recognizing, I had to recognize for myself that I had some internal thought processes that don't really serve me. Um, and it wasn't until 
So um, back in 2013, I was exposed to a personal development and leadership course. This was prior to me finding Christ uh, in 2017. But uh, I attended this personal development and leadership workshop. It was based in emotional intelligence, and it was a, an active workshop where we would walk through a bunch of things. I had a lot of light bulbs go off, um, and I recognized, wow, like the world isn't what I thought that it was. The, the things that I thought were truths are actually not truths. Um, I had a lot of fixed mindsets and limited beliefs, um, and so it had me think about a lot of things. Then I come to Christ in 2017, and I found out that there was a big chasm between both of those two realms. <laughs> personal development in the church boy if you mentioned that at all you you better run because some yeah. people are gonna look at you so weird right but what i recognized was in the personal development space and emotional intelligence there was heavy awakening and uh realizations of my own human thought processes yeah. um and uh but there was no acknowledgement of Jesus. Right. Uh, however, alternatively, in the mm -hmm. church space, I saw, I was sat in the pews and I thought to myself, wow, I could have got all of this for free rather than spending tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> in a person who's own space. But, but there is heavy spiritual intelligence, not a whole lot of emotional intelligence. So you have pews filled with people who can, who are called to go out and make disciples, but can't carry on a conversation with people because they don't even know anything about their own emotional status internally. So good. Yes. And so I started to think to myself, how can I bridge the gap between those two worlds? And that's what got me into creating um, just a passion for marketplace ministry. The very places that we inside of the church have shunned are the exact places where we need to be. Yeah. These are the exact places where we need to be active. And so uh, I really thought to myself, uh, how could I be a contribution in this space, bridge the gap between personal development and emotional intelligence and acknowledgement of who God is and his incredible nature. And in fact, when we start to dive into both of those realms, it only causes me to exalt God even more because I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, God, you created me like this. How awesome is that? So right. So, um, I think, how do I keep those, uh, how do I keep those areas separate, but still keep the focus on God? I think the most important thing is me recognizing that there's a lot that I don't know. Mm. Uh, there's a, not that, a lot that I don't know and being hungry to learn more while staying in my word uh, and be able to bridge the gap between my, uh, my human, human, humanity, my human knowledge, but also what God has revealed through his word. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes 
for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this will be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.